Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. We are back after a short winter break and we have three games to look at as well as plenty to look ahead to. And joining me to do so are Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? Uh, very good, thanks Matt. Um, feels good to be able to like really enjoy the football again at the moment. Like As I said on Twitter the other day, I feel like the Jags are on the verge of something special, so it's happy days at the minute. It is. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, are you well? Yeah, I'm good as well. I enjoyed the game the other day, despite despite us losing the four. We put up a pretty good show against Dundee United, and it's good to get back to league business this Friday. So, yeah, a lot to look forward to. And rounding off our panel is David Forrest. David, you've been lying low with the old coronavirus. Are you back to full fitness? Yeah, I'm back to back to full fitness, and what better way to disprove the idea that all podcasts are sad VLs by recording on Valentine's Day, uh, talking Absolutely. about party of <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly, the only night we could all do it, so here we are. Um, we've got three games to look, look back on, the first of which was the Air United at home game, which seems a very long time ago. Um, it was a 1-0 win with a Brian Graham goal. Reese, what are your memories of that game? I thought um, we were pretty comfortable throughout. Um, we started the game pretty well that night. Obviously, McGinty and Graham were going at it from the very start. Like I thought, I was actually surprised one of them didn't end up getting a red card because that was a that was a right good old school battle between the two of them. Um, but that that night was the first time that I could properly see the pitch was terrible. I know it's not great before that, but that night was a shambles. There was there was dots of sand all over the pitch, like and you just couldn't play football. It was just a just a battle really. And I thought we actually passed up quite a lot of opportunities in the first half. Um, so I thought it was going to be one of those nights where like, a goal would separate it. But to be honest, for much of this season as well, I don't really feel threatened by teams. Like When it's 0-0, I always expect us to go and nick it in a way, if that makes sense. And even when we went 1-0 up and Elwa kind of tried to stretch the game towards the end with bringing on like uh, pacey forwards, I never really felt a threat, to be honest. I know McGinty almost scored towards the end, but... To be fair, it was 1-0, but it was a comfortable 1-0, if that makes sense. We should have been a 2 or 3 up at half-time, but three points at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It wasn't the best performance of all time. Um, I remember leaving the game thinking it was comfortable, but we weren't great, um, and that's a sign of a championship push. So hopefully, as we've seen to come, like we'll build on that, um, and I think it's only good foundations for the rest of the season. I agree with you. It was a strange feeling at the United game, because... I felt the same, even at 1-0, I thought we're never going to concede, and it was possibly the first time I've thought that Thistle holding a one-goal lead since maybe the top six push William Lindsay in the back four, and it's weird because I really didn't feel that in the next game, the Inverness game, and it was largely the same players in the pitch. It was was a strange feel at their game because it did feel so comfortable. I don't know if it was just the standard of opposition compared to Inverness wasn't quite as good, but I thought we were well in control. Jamie, what did you think of their game? Much the same to be fair. I don't think we were at our best. But again, we didn't look like conceding. I'd say it's probably the second time this season I thought that after that 
1-0 Hamilton game at home. I don't think Hamilton looked up to much. I don't think Air looked up to much in that game, to be honest. But uh, it, was, it wasn't the most pretty spectacle, but we got the three points. And that's the main thing. And Brian Graham got another goal to, to add to his tally this season. I mean, you know, 18 goals this season, obviously. One of them, it's a bit sus, the one up at uh, Inverness that we'll go on to talking about. Is it really 17, 18? But it got awarded to him, so we're saying he's on 18. Uh, so it was good to get another goal for him and the goal we actually got was a nice bit of play from us when we got the ball down, played well instead of just hoofing it up the park which I always feel doesn't, never really suits us and never has, I don't think but got the ball down, played some good football for a small spell and got the goal um, got a clean sheet, got three points and not much more you can ask for but yeah, the pitch was symbolic in that game just quite mentioned with that and looked even worse against Dundee United looked like a mud path I've got a question about the pitch, but I'll save it for a bit later once we've spoke about all the games. David, what did you think of the air game? I know you were watching it on a stream at that point. The air game, it was a bit of a weird one. And as you said, you know, we weren't at our best, but we were comfortable throughout the whole game. We didn't feel like we were going to concede. And as you say, that that, that is a new feeling over the, this last season where you, you don't feel that sort of trepidation that you were going to concede a late goal. Even in the League One season, you, you did kind of feel at times that we could kind of chuck a goal in. But um, this season, it's really the most confident I've felt in the defence, possibly in the entire time I've been going to see this over the last 10 years. I know we'll come on to the Inverness game later on, but like I know I thought we weren't great, but Again, it's the mark of a championship winning side is that that you can be bad and still win the game. I did quite like the... Um, if, if you've not watched it, I would definitely suggest the, the Brian Graham interview at halftime was, was fantastic. And it, 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 like, it, the first half, I was kind of like, oh, this is quite shite, but we're all right. But, you know, we may not get anything in this. I don't think we'll concede, but I don't, I don't think we're going to score. We really need to dig in. And then Brian Graham came out immediately after... This big piece about how much he loved the club and stuff like that and came out and got the goal and he just it made me I was just delighted for him and just it just really showed you the sort of grit and character that Brian Graham has and the team has that yeah we, we were able to grind it out um, yes yeah, so I, I was very happy with that result I'd second the recommendation to watch the Graham interview I think the club made it free to free to watch on their YouTube channel so you can find it there or on Twitter um, it's a very good listen and delighted that we've got that sort of character at the club. So we will look at the Inverness game now where we did end up conceding a late goal and it was quite a an uncharacteristic performance, I think in a lot of ways, for how we've been in the last few months. Or it was definitely a, a result that didn't really go with the, the pattern of results we've been having. We scored three, which we've not done too often recently, but we also shipped three. Reese, I'm going to ask you first, how big a night was that in the race for promotion? Because we conceded a goal last minute, and before we conceded that goal, it was looking great for us. Kilmarnock were losing, our growth were losing, and then we conceded that goal, and our growth managed to find a level early on in their game. How big a night do you think that's going to be at the end of the season? Enormous, to be honest. That, is, that, that goal hurt a lot, to be honest, because, as you say, a minute on the clock, the 90 minutes were up, and it, it was looking perfect for us. Like, Every result went away. We couldn't have asked for a better set of results. And to be honest, we played good football. We went up to Inverness, we scored three goals, and we'd conceded two goals at that point. So you're like two two crosses, two headers, and then for it's just it's just a it's a ball into the box and it's a header, free header from Broadfoot deflects and goes in like it's just one of those ones. It's like the fistle of old where we would concede late goals all the time and we'd eradicated that from our game basically since the calls came in. 
so it, I think it's speak on behalf of us all. That goal did hurt, to be honest. Um, and then you see Arbroath went and got a point and it just put them a wee bit more clear at the top. But at the end of the day, we're a point closer to Kelly. We've got games in hand on Rafe, Inverness and Kelly. And going forward, I thought we looked good that, that night, in the first half especially. Um, but we just let Inverness come on to us in the second half. But that was, I just imagine if we had got those three points that night, that would have been one of the most, that was a classic away day. Like, just, it was just a really good game to be at. If you were a neutral, you would have absolutely loved that game. And then Brian Graham getting the first party for so hat-trick in seven years. I know, it's, I know it was one for the dubious goals panels, but like Rudden got one of them this season when he was about five yards away for the ball and it went in off McGinty. So if he's getting one, then Graham's definitely getting his hat-trick. I'm, I'm sure he's not letting anyone take that hat-trick away from him. End of the day, would you have taken a point before the start of the game? To be honest... We were talking about it in a chat. I said no, to be honest, because Inverness haven't won in eight games. But at the end of the day, it was snowing and Inverness is a hard place to go to. And when you look at the results across the board, a point isn't the worst result. So, aye. Jamie, I know you were up there on that, that midweek, that cold night, and you were obviously particularly disappointed at how it went, turned out in the last last few minutes. Where do you think it went wrong? Can you put your finger on why we conceded a late goal? Because it was quite an uncharacteristically shaky performance from a few back in the defence. Yeah, basically what you said there was very... The defence were really out of sorts, I thought, in that game. You know, they've been fantastic all season, clean, keeping clean sheet records. Just They never looked like conceding in a lot of the games this season. Usually you're so comfortable in them, but I felt not even just in the goals we conceded. There was a couple of moments in the game where you know, misplaced passes around the back and sliced clearances, just stuff like that. And I just felt it was very uncharacteristic performance from the defence. It was very unlike them. And the goals were, you know, they were very avoidable goals. The first one's a ball in the box. Billy McKay's completely unmarked. The second one, you know, just bad defending from the corner. And then the, the obviously the painful equaliser, we just don't react to a second ball into the box well enough. And then I think... I've not been able to see it on the highlights. McCall said it deflected off. Is it Lewis Mayo's back or something? And it's gone in. So, yeah, it was just a very frustrating watch that game. And, you know, it would have been, I said on Twitter, we were, the game was like a minute away from one of the best away days in years. You know, going up to Inverness and a freezing cold midweek game that's been rearranged. And if we'd won it, we'd have gone up to third. We'd have gained some points in our broth. And, yeah, it was just very, very painful and a very long road, uh, trip back down the road, especially given the snow made the trip even slower because all the roads were blocks and everything was going incredibly slowly. So, yeah, it was, it was a painful journey back. But oh, we, have, we have to move. You know, we've scored a late goal this season. You think about the Rafe game, we scored a goal in the 96th minute. So, you know, we've done it. It does happen to you sometimes. But it's not something that's happened too often under McGall, especially with this defence. And hopefully it doesn't happen again. David, I was speaking with you during the game and we were talking about Snedden. And do you remember... Uh, Thomas Cherney down at Rugby Park and never played well down at Rugby Park and we were like has Snedden got a drink up at Inverness because he came out and he, he dropped across and he just looked a little bit more shaky than usual what did you make of the, the performance up at Inverness David? Yeah as you said it was it was a, a kind of an uncharacteristic defence it, it was kind of more of a, a quarter one performance so there's a quarter too, because in the first quarter we were ship, we were putting in goals and we were also shipping goals um, as well. It kind of felt more like a sort of early season game uh, when we were getting sort of get, we were the kings of entertainment and every game had like 
goals galore for us and against us and stuff like that. And then obviously that the second quarter we, we didn't really have that. We were grinding results out and stuff like that. And it, it is a really really difficult one to take because the the you know the palpable tension for me and you just watching it on a stream and watch it on a Skype chat. And you know we were three two up. Our bro for down. We were we were absolutely buzzing that this is it. This is where the the title turns and we we go on a tilt. And you could see how much I meant to Brian Graham when he got his hat trick. Seen the fans, all, you know, jumping over the advertising hoarding and stuff like that. It was, as Jamie says, it would have been one of the best away days in years if we had held on. So he conceded that late goal, and again, it's not something we do very often anymore. Was very gotten. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, if we had been three two down and scored in the last minute, we'd look far far more favourably on it than we'd do because we conceded at the end, obviously. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know if I would have taken a point before the game. To be fair, I feel like it is a game that realistically we should be winning. We are running out of games quite soonish, and we are still in the title hunt. It's you know we can still do something, but. I thought it was a really pivotal game and to lose that goal is really, really, really tough. And it will be interesting to see the reaction it, it, it provokes in the league on Friday. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was probably Akinola's weakest game. Um, I thought he was maybe at fault for a couple of the goals. And I hope it was just a blip and not a sort of dip in confidence from the red card that maybe was playing in his mind. And perhaps having Saturday off in the Cups maybe done him good just to take a take a breather evaluate and he can come back fresh on Friday night in the league before we look back on the Dundee United Cup game we'll play everybody's everybody's favourite game so I'll come round you all we did this a few times last season and I'm looking for a percentage of chance we've got of winning the league so David you were over the optimist last season hitting out with 66% chance of winning the league when we were six points behind at the moment we are eight points behind our growth with two games in hand on them Three games in hand on Kilmarnock, Inverness and Wraith, a point outside the playoff positions at the moment. So, David, what percent chance do you give us of lifting up the, the since championship trophy in April? I think we can do it. I honestly do think we can do it. We've, As you say, we've got two games in hand over our broth. I think it will come down to us and our broth. Two games in hand and we've got two games against them. I know we're both our bogey team. We have to break it at some point. And I think we will break it. And I... I, I said, did I say 66% the last time? When we did it last Christmas, just after we drew it at Falkirk, we were six points behind. I know I was league. like well high <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> you said 66%. A bit, bear in mind, having to play our both twice is not good. I'd much rather have played them three times already, I think. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, I'll go 66% again. I, I, I do so, think we're so doing loud. it. I think we're doing it. So I loud. think we're doing it. Uh, Jamie? I remember being pretty pessimistic last time, last season, when you did this after that Falco game. I can't remember what I said. I think I maybe said 25%. I was looking bad at that time. Obviously, we've got the two games in hand over our growth, and then we've our both also have a game in hand over like Kelly and that, but it's against us. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm never confident when we play our both. We've got a terrible record against them. But as you said, it has to end at some point. <laughs> um, I'll say 40, 
forty percent. I'll give us a forty percent chance of winning the league. I, I don't know. I just never, I never like, I never like sticking on and saying fifty percent or something. I'll, I'll say forty, but maybe I'm more quietly confident than I'm letting on. But I'll say forty for now. Reese, see, this is it's a weird one because I genuinely 100% do think that we are the best team in this league. But at the same time, okay, I, part of me doesn't see us winning the league for some reason. But when you actually think about it, the league is in our hands. If we win all our games in hand, and then we've, got, as you say, we've got to play Arbroath twice. And I know you're saying you you'd rather we don't already play them, but it's in our hands. It'll be tough, of course, but if you win those two games, and as I say, I think we're the best team in the league this season. I mean, look at the weekend just there. I know we'll come on to it. We absolutely peppered Dundee United, who are sitting fourth in the Premiership. Do you know what I mean? So if we can carry that, I know we lost a game, but if we can carry that level of performance into the league games, then I don't think there's a team in the league that can lay a glove on us. So I'd like to think... Before before you even asked David the question, the number in my head was sixty five percent, which is absolutely wild. And I know me and Dave, <laughs> me and David are always the optimistic two here, right? And you are still giving us tight. I just like to say, actually, Reese, at this point. But like the thing is, I just like to say, Reese, I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote you earlier, who says we are on the cusp of something special. This is a team that could do something. This is the best team we've seen in years. And then suddenly, no, it's too wild, 65%. Come on, Reese. This is what I'm going to back you up on saying here, because last year we were getting it tight for being optimistic and we ended up winning the league. And at the point when we were optimistic last year, we were shite. We're sitting fifth. And I know it's mad because we're still sitting fifth in the championship and we're talking about winning the league. But we're we're a far better side this year. Um, And the next couple of games is going to prove that. So we, once we win our games in hand, it's in our hands, genuinely. So I'll stick with 65%, 1% less than David. Right, here's, here's my thing. Very commendable that you both are so optimistic and well done on predicting last season's title win. Are our growth going to, are their arses going to collapse like Falkirk's did? Are they, we are eight points behind them at the moment. I think the most we were behind Falkirk last season was eight. Is a similar collapse going to happen? Are Kilmarnock going to, are they going to fall away? Because we need to make ground on them as well. We're six points behind them, albeit games in hand. I'm going to, I'm going to give it 25%. I think at the moment, all being equal, I think we're probably looking at third pushing for second and it will take a really good run from us and possibly some collapsing from our growth and maybe Kilmarnock as well. Kilmarnock, albeit, don't look great. But are both the record, particularly at home, are they going to collapse in the way Falkirk did last season? I'm not so sure. So I'll, I'll go I 25%, see, although I do commend your optimism once again. Right, and I do know that next year when you, you will come to us like just before the split and go, David, what percentage chance have we got? of winning the Scottish Premiership and I'll go 66% again and then we'll all be incredibly steaming in May in the Woody when we win the Premiership and go to the Champions League. I will say I feel that I don't think we necessarily need an Arbro Falkirk style collapse in all honesty because we have the games in hand and we have to play them twice. I think if we can get to first at any point between now and then we will not let it slip and we'll win the title. Oh, and if we win our two games in the hands and beat our both, we will go first. And I think when we get there, 
if we get to that position, we will at the end of the season be champions. That that is it, and I think that's the key. When when they get into that position, I I don't think they're going to let it slip. And again, I'll say this next year when we're going to win the Premiership. But you know, I I, I don't think necessarily our both have to completely collapse because if we win our games in hands and beat them, we are above them, and we can keep. We I think we can hold them. We can keep up with them if we get on our par with them. See, that's uh, Stephen Gerrard's famous last words. This does not <laughs> fucking slip. <laughs> I know. David, we were having a conversation when Livingston, their official Twitter account, actually tweeted a clip from like, a Hibs podcast, like slagging Livingston. Everything's fair game now. This is fair game. Like, if for whatever reason, somebody from like our growth, Kilmarnock, or Inverness, or whatever, is listening to this, and they've heard you say, oh, if, if we go top, that's it, that's it, done. Why would you go on record saying that? Right, I'll say I'm I'm happy. Like I've spent most of my adult life acting like a tit and looking like a tit. Right, it's is water off a duck's back at this point. You can clip your you can clip your shitty clips. I don't care. I, I'll be the one in the woody steaming in May when we win the title. <laughs> you you go away and your wee you know um, final cut pro and audacity and cut up your wee clips and put them as wee videos on Twitter. You do that all you like, but we will win the title. Superb. I'm going to ask you one, a yes or no question. I'm going to come round you all and ask you a yes or no question. Do you think the squad is in a stronger place now than it was on January the 1st, David? Yes or no? Um, oh, that's, that is... I'd, I think outside of Rudden, I, I would say yes. And that's, even not, then, that's not one word. That's not one word. Uh, will you take a sound? Yeah. <laughs> I take a syllable. Uh, a syllable. Uh, right. Yes. Go on. Right. Yes. Jamie. I hate these one word ones sometimes. It's hard to fit in what you think. It's different across different areas of the pitch. Like Robbie Crawford coming <sighs> it's in. It's not one word either. Mate, Robbie Crawford coming <laughs> in is quality. Don't get me wrong. So the midfield's improved, but losing Rudden's a big blow. And I like you to be Don't get don't get me wrong. I like him, and I think he brings something different to the squad. But losing Rudden's a big blow. So in certain areas, yes. In certain areas, no. Can we get one word, please? Or a noise? It's, a tu- it's turning into that Lemmy that Lemmy right, okay, sketch. Fine, fine, yes fine, or no? Because it's because <laughs> some areas are better and some are worse. I say same. I'll accept that answer. Reese. Um. Well, I can't. Uh, I just need to I need to double down I can't back down so I'll say we are in a better position um, and I could give you the reasons why but I'll just keep it short and sweet we've lost one good player but we've got we've brought in three good players and I'm actually doing Shea Gordon a disservice but sorry Shea that's what it is well, I, th- I think loaning out Shea Gordon already had its benefits we've seen him score the goal against uh, Wraith Rovers and take points off them so he could be a, a king or kingmaker um, I'll We'll come on to the Dundee United game a bit later, actually. While we're on the new signings, every so come to you first on this. And what have your first impressions been of? We'll start with you, Kubiak, up front. Really good, actually. Um, I know when, he, when it was kind of rumoured the night before that he was going to sign, um, and I actually said to you guys, like, I'm I'm kind of happy with that signing because I've seen you Kubiak before. Um, he was at um, Watford for plenty of years. I think he played with Bristol Rovers, Gillingham. Um, and then he came up to Falkirk, done really well at Falkirk, like seven goals in 18 games. Um, which is a decent record. Um, I don't care what anyone says. I think that's a decent record for a striker. 
decent enough anyway. And then he went, he got a move to St Mirren. St Mirren fans loved him. Um, went back to Watford and ended up signing with Dundee and he's been he's had a tough time with injuries and I know his goal scoring record is is never going to blow you away but he, as we've seen from the couple of games that he's played already puts himself about he's quite fast he's quite strong he, he, he works hard for the team um, and we've just got to hope that he stays injury free because as Jamie just mentioned it does give us another dimension that that we've not got at the moment because obviously McIver's McIver's really good at winning headers and flick-ons Graham's good at putting the ball in the back of the net but um uh, you could be actually really endeavorous. He's a bit, he's a bit like Rudden to an extent, um, but I feel like he's a, he'll be a stronger version of Rudden. So I'm happy with you could be and I, and I'm glad that he's kind of shown already that he can bring something to the team because a lot of the fans were writing him off before he'd even signed. Um, and it's never great to see for a new signing, and obviously he's seen that himself because if you look at the comments and the replies to his, his tweet being announced that he was signing for us, it was just, it was just guys slaughtering him. So that's never good when you're signing for a new club. So I'm glad that he's actually he's seen those comments and he's obviously just went you know what I'm going to prove, prove a few guys wrong and that's the type of guys that you need in your squad Absolutely it, it baffles me like see if you've seen a player play 20-30 games and fair enough if you've got an opinion see if you're honestly just looking up transfer marked or wiki and just going on like stats if you did that we'd never assign Scott Tiffany Scott Tiffany played about 90 odd games or something scored 6 or 7 goals and you'd be like what are we signing him for so if you're going to do that for anyone coming in it's a complete waste of time it's a complete waste of your energy and it's it's detrimental to to the player's confidence but I think as as his confidence will grow I think he'll be a really handy player I've been really impressed with the sort of first touch and build-up play I think he's lacked a bit of composure in the final third just with decision making and shooting and final ball but I think that will come with with confidence because he's taken a few really difficult balls out of the sky controlled them well he's beaten a few men as well I think as the weeks go on, he'll get better and better. David, I'm going to ask you about another one of the new players, um, Robbie Crawford. How impressed have you been with him so far? Oh, he's been he's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, like I, I kind of I had high hopes about him just when when he came in because we talked about how McCall really rated him at air. I remember we saying that he thought he was the the sort of the catalyst of that great air team, maybe more so than Shankland. I had quite high hopes and I was excited about seeing him with Doherty and as well as with Bannigan, but yeah, I mean, like, was it, it was the air game, wasn't it, where he, he had that unreal pass to set up the goal? It was like, he was firing off some incredible passes, just spraying the ball about getting it to people and stuff like that. And yeah, he's, I, I don't think he's put a foot wrong since he's been with us, really. He's been absolutely fantastic and absolutely vindicated himself as a signing within what three four games um he's he's been brilliant i agree there's been a couple of times um when i see the team sheet i'm a bit concerned just with the, the 4-4-2 when if he's starting out in the right but i think game by game he's he's getting much he's getting better every game and the dundee united game on saturday i thought he was outstanding it was a shame actually it was his sort of slice clearance that that harks ended up volleying in because i think that was the only he put wrong in the whole game. He was immense on on Saturday. And Jamie, I'm going to come to you about Kyle McAllister. We've not actually seen him yet, but a highly rated low knee from St Mirren. Where do you see him fitting in for the rest of the season? You see, it's difficult because we've been playing that formation when um, Crawford's been playing out on the right. It's going to be difficult to drop Crawford unless we change shape because he's been, as as we already said, he's been outstanding. So McAllister might have to you know, bide his time a little bit 
make a couple of appearances off the bench and show what he can do. But he's a good addition. I'm glad we brought him in. He's clearly got he's clearly a player who's got some quality. And some St. Mary's fans, you know, they looked some seem to be kind of disappointed to see him go get loaned out. So hopefully give something to the team. And we did need to bring in a winger, so I'm glad we addressed that area of the of the team. Absolutely. And we've also, of course, brought in Andy Firth on loan from Rangers, who I think we expect just to be back up for Snedden, which I think we're quite happy about, because when Snedden went down in the air game, didn't he, in the first half, and we're thinking that's typical, we've got one senior goalie, and just after we let the, the backup go back to Hearts, he's, he's injured, but he obviously was fat enough to carry on, but it's good we've got a bit of backup there on the bench for Snedden now. So we will come on to the Dundee United game, the most recent game. We exited the Scottish Cup on Saturday, a 1-0 defeat, and Ian Hawks half volley. The difference between the two sides, but it was a game I think we all think we played really well in. So, Jamie, I'll start with you. What did you make of the performance on Saturday? I mean, I thought, I thought we played really well on Saturday. As you, as we said, it was unlucky for Crawford to be the one that had that clearance, which bounced its way to Harks. I mean, it was a good strike. Don't get me wrong, it was a very good goal. Didn't expect Ned to save that, and especially since I've seen it back. It's just an unfortunate moment, but I thought that we, we did have the best of the game, if we're honest. We we looked the better side, we were more dominant, but at the end of the day, as who takes our chances, Dundee United got that chance, they took it. So they got through to the next round, but we definitely looked like we deserved something from that game. I thought Tiffany was causing them no end of problems on that left-hand side, and hope he hasn't made too good a case for himself for them to come in and try signing him in summer. Wouldn't be too surprised if we saw Dundee United maybe going in for him because he did look great at the weekend. I was impressed with, I was impressed with how we played, and as I said, I thought we were unlucky. Uh, unlucky not to get something from the game, but the, the, the state of the pitch did not help the game. I know some it was getting rinsed and rightly so. I mean, I, I, the way I said it was, I thought. I mean, imagine we were away fans coming to playing a pitch like that. You you would you would criticise it. I mean, it, it looked like I said earlier, it looked like a mud bath. So that that isn't. I don't think that's helping right now. The, you know, it doesn't help good football because a lot. I, don't know, I felt that a lot of the game was played in the air. There was a lot of long balls, a lot of head tennis going on, and I've. I wondered is just so many long balls because it's just so difficult to play on this pitch right now with the ball bobbling everywhere and holding up in places. No, I, I agree that the pitch is terrible at the moment. And the question I want to ask, and I'm perhaps playing devil's advocate a wee bit here, I read some some comments from Ian Harks from Tam Courts as well, just saying how tough a game it was. They couldn't really get going on that pitch. Is it a case now the pitch is so bad and we have played in it for seven or eight games now where it's been in that way? Whether it's going to work in our favour because we are maybe slowly getting used to it and teams are coming and it's it's a shock to them because they're not used to playing on on pitches like that. Can we use the pitch, even though it is awful, as an advantage now for the rest of the season? See, I was going to say, like, I, I know that Dundee United will obviously point to the pitch as the reason that we essentially battered them the full game, as the reason that they couldn't get playing and stuff, but... You can really buy that. There's two teams on the park, and as you're saying, we've actually been playing on it a wee while now. And there was passages of the game where we were playing it on the deck a wee bit, and I'm like, I'm surprised that we actually look alright doing this on this pitch. So we've obviously developed a style that kind of suits us on this park. And to be honest, you, you look at our broth. Our broth is such a hard place to go to because of the conditions. Obviously, that's due to the wind um, and other circumstances, but. If you make Farhill a terrible place to come play, teams won't like it. And if we're playing on it each week and we're picking up points each week, then it's only going to be used to our advantage in a way. I know it doesn't make for good football, but see if it's a battle every week and we're getting three points. I don't think any Fissel fans going to care come the end of the season. Um, and as I, as I was saying to you off earlier on, um, a couple of boys I went to school with were pals with a Dundee United player. And he was saying himself, like, 
that's the most that we've been battered of anyone, like any team in this season in that second half. And I mean, that's high praise for a team that are sitting fourth in the Premiership when one of their own players is saying that they've been basically scudded off first in the second half and their only goal that is their only shot on target and it's a half chance at the edge of the box and the boys scored a wonder goal. Nothing you can do about that. So we're, we're desperately unlucky not to, to be in the, the hat for the next round. But at the same time, blessing in disguise, we need to just focus on the league and we can carry on from here. Absolutely. David, do you think going out the cup perhaps is a blessing in disguise with the, the fixture backlog? We've spoke about the games we've got in hand. Is it a good thing that we don't have another cup game to, to worry about? Or are you gutted that we're, we're not going to Hamden this season? Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely gutted we're not going to Hamden. If you, if you offer me a semi-final today, despite the fact that you know we've got all these games in hand, I'd, I'd bite your hand off for it because it's it's such a such a boon to the to a team when they get to that sort of position we we probably could do with not having to rearrange games um it's it's an absolute riot at the moment in terms of both for Thistle playing every week twice a week whatever even just for the fans having to try and work their life around the fact that there's probably a Thistle game every two days and we were trying to work through the backlog but yeah it's probably probably for the the best that we don't have any more games that because we, we probably I know I know we kind of showed our, our metal last season in terms of being able to play regularly but it's going to take a toll on players especially you know older players I mean you've seen you know Graham's had a back injury we've heard for a wee while and he struggled a wee bit and you know other players that you know Foster wasn't in the, the team or anything recently and stuff like that it, We've and even Snedding going down um, against AR, it's kind of like we are on a bit of a tightrope where one or two injuries could kind of send us skating in a, a different direction and we'll need to improvise. And to be honest, we probably could do with not adding more games onto the pile. But I love the Scottish Cup and obviously what it is to win. It was, we, I, I, do, I do think we played real well. I think. As I was saying off off air, I think that the Dundee United game, I watched the Dundee United Celtic game, and even though Celtic won it, I think we gave Dundee United a better game than Celtic did up until what last five minutes when you know, obviously when they got the winner and that like we were absolutely all over them and thought we were we were fantastic and we were just desperately unlucky. But it would be peak cinch if we managed to out our broth our broth. And bring them to our pitch, and then they can't play on it, and then we beat them that way. That would be, it would be like the Simpsons when Apu is like, "Ha, now you know how we feel." It would be like that. Um, that that sort of thing. So yeah, um, get the horses out in the pitch, make it uncomfortable for them. But um, yeah, probably for the best, we don't have more games. You mind like Sam Allardyce's Bolton used to just like train on the pitch. It was that bad. They just sort of gave up on it and were like, "I, we're just going to train on this now and turn it into like, a total mud field." And like. Arsenal did like the invincible Arsenal team at like the peak of their powers couldn't win there for about six or seven years just because the pitch was such a riot. I we, I think we should I go remember, down that route. I want to say Cambridge, I might be wrong, but uh, or maybe I'm Wimbledon actually. But they used to like they had an absolute riot of a pitch and they used to like cut only like half the pitch and to cut it in like diagonal squares so that like all the corners would be long grass and everyone couldn't play on it so they'd be running in short grass getting long grass and stuff we need to be using all these dark arts get get Thomas Cherney in as a groundskeeper and keep be some laugh uh, Jamie I'm going to ask you about the, the squad 
Stephen Hendry came in on Saturday for a rare start at left back with Akinola missing out. And Yakubiak also got his first start. We've spoke about McAllister and where he might fit in. Uh, where do you see the this how do you see the squad shaping up for the rest of the season? Do you think Hendry will get some more minutes? Did they impress you enough to, to keep his place in the side? Do you think Yakubiak will be a regular starter or do you think Smith will come back in, in the league? How do you see the squad going for the rest of the season? I thought Hendry had a really good game. I was impressed with him. I thought I thought Yakubiak had a good game as well. I was impressed with both of them. I thought they both made a good impact and you know, with the running with us having such a ridiculous number of fixtures, like same to last season, the squad did, you know, a lot of uh, chopping and changing with like a run of fixtures that we had. We've got such a condensed fixture schedule that you probably will see like Hendry coming in with some games, Yakubiak starting some games, McAllister possibly starting some games. And it is unlucky for Hendry because I think I put it on Twitter the other day, but Kevin Holt has been like the biggest surprise this season to me. I thought he was going to be decent when we signed him, but I think he's been excellent for us. Barely put a foot wrong and He's a threat in both boxes and he's just a very good player to have. And it's going to be very hard for Stephen Hendry to dislodge Holt out of his starting position, I think. So unless we maybe go to three centre-backs and you know put Holt in the back three and play a wing-backs, then Hendry might get a couple starts. But as I said, with the running, Hendry could end up getting some starts. So if Holt was to pick up a slight knock or just fatigue in general, Hendry might get start a couple games or come on it. 60-minute mark or something. We don't. We really don't know because we don't know how this huge backlog of fixtures is going to impact the fitness of our squad. But I think Yakubiak will be in for a couple starts until from now until the end of the season. I mean, he's impressed so far, and he may not be the most prolific throughout his career, but he could pop up with one or two important goals for us. And as we said, I like his general play. He's strong. He's got good hold-up play, and he's good on the ball as well, which I didn't. I didn't know what to expect from him on the ball. I mean, I thought he's. I thought he's looked good in it. He's good at dribbling, and that's a welcome surprise in my opinion. So it's going to be interesting to see how the squad shapes up from now to the end of the season. But I think, I think nearly everyone in the squad will have to play a part with such a such a condensed run of fixtures. Reese, we're off to Dunfermline on Friday night, back in league duty. How do you see the start eleven shaping up on Friday? Um, I'd probably say much the same as the weekend. Um, the only kind of exception, I wouldn't be surprised if Cammy Smith comes in for Yukubiak because I think Cammy Smith has actually been looking really good recently. Um, impressed me against Inverness again and then he impressed me when he came on the other day he obviously came close to scoring against Dundee United denied by Sigrist so it has for Yukubiak but I think Yukubiak can do a job off the bench um, against Dunfermline and in terms of that game Dunfermline are still like they're like I just, they're just a great unknown because they've got plenty of good players in that team but they just can't get going I don't know what kind of route they're going down either because they signed all sorts of strikers at the beginning of the season and now they they play the boy is it Lewis McCann up top and he's kind of like a winger like a young boy doesn't he doesn't score goals so I know their fans aren't happy about that I mean Stephen Lawless been the one that's getting goals for them in recent weeks so hopefully he has a quiet night reagent Lawless but I seen they signed Effie Ambrose as well and you expect him he's a bit of he's a he's an enigma I know David was saying he's the most Partick Thistle player to never play for Partick Thistle and he's. He's a bit. Uh, I've seen him before, like when he went to like Hibs and stuff. I know he's kind of a joke figure at Celtic, but he went to Hibs. They went down south and strolled it before, so he's obviously a good enough player. I think he's got like 80 caps for Nigeria or something like something wild like that. So he'll definitely do a job in the championship. Of course, I'm expecting three points. Is this game on TV? Is it on BBC? I think, I think it must be. Yes. For Sweden, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh fuck, that's us beat then. <laughs> Hopefully, it's another six-one Hamilton type night on the telly. I'll take that every day of the week. I can all back in the side, Reese. 
I completely forgot he wasn't playing, but I, and that kind of leads to the Stephen Hendry one as well. So, um, as Jamie's mentioned, Stephen Hendry's desperately unlucky not to be getting a starting berth, and you can't drop Holt, so Holt's just going to move over one and Tunji. He had a, a poor game against Inverness by his standards, but you, there's no way you can keep him out of the side after 16, 17 clean sheets in 24 games. He's got to come back in. I, I was just looking up at F.A. Ambrose's career there while you were speaking about Akinola. And he, he's got an African Cup of Nations winners medal. He's got a wild uh, international career. 51 caps for Nigeria and four goals. That's that's crazy good for a player at this level, isn't it? But uh, aye, he's definitely got a mistake in him. One, one to target, I think. I think he made a mistake actually at the weekend. So, yeah, exciting game. David, what are your thoughts about Friday night's game? It's going to be a really interesting game. I'm really interested to see the likes of Crawford against this Dunfermline team. As you say, Effie Ambrose, the the lunatic fringe himself, he's he's partial to a mistake and he's a he's a wild guy. So I definitely target Effie Ambrose. As we said, Dunfermline are all over the shop. You know, they were like dead and buried for ages, and then pulled out a run of a couple of games that are winning, and they got themselves off the foot of the table. Then Queen of South. I've absolutely shut the bed and kind of went down to tenth as well, and and then Dunfermline haven't won in like four weeks either, and it's just really strange that like you know you're kind of like the, the results don't look that impressive, but as well as that, there's just kind of results in there, there and thereabouts where you think you know I mean like the last time we played them um, at Farhill, it was a, a proper um, it was a proper battle. It's, it's really weird. Like, all the games we played against in Fairman have all been radically different from each other. The one in the League Cup, where we sent Tam away at the Shadow Realm because we got absolutely done in about 20 minutes by them. And then we went to East End Park and when we weren't allowed in and we absolutely tore them apart. Then it was just the, you know, this attritional draw for how like, I don't really know <laughs> what you're going to get next we'll because... <laughs> uh, yeah, aye, and the one 0 in the cup as well, where, where we beat them, like it could, it could, the result could literally be anything. But, but no, I, I, I think, I think we'll win. But it'll, um, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be, a, it'll be a good, a good uh, away day. I'll, I'll bring you in, Jamie. But how long ago does that League Cup game seem? That's seven months ago. That seems like about four years ago. We had Aware and Bell at centre back getting torn apart by. Is it Todorov up front for them? I was like, Todorov, I just lump in balls. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like Todorov and O'Hara. Years. Don't even get a game anymore. <sighs> Jamie, do I come in? I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I love a good Friday night game. I know, I know they're not everyone's cup of tea, but I do, I do love a good Friday night game. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's it's a hard one to like. Like David said, you don't really know what you're going to get from Dunfermline. Like when we played them in that 3-0 game, they looked appalling. That 0-0 game, I mean, they were quite stuffy and hard to play against. But it's it's difficult. We really do not know what kind of side they're going to come up against. And mentioning Effie Ambrose, their their fullback was sent off, I think, last week. So you could see Effie Ambrose shunted out to right back. And I'm, imagine Scott Tiffany up against Effie Ambrose. That's all I'm saying. That would that'd make for an interesting night. Either Effie Ambrose is the match of his life and Marshall's Tiffany or Tiffany rips him apart. I'm hoping it's, hoping it's the latter, but I'm excited for it. And you know what? If we win this game, I'm moving my 40% up to 50%. So I'll make it 50-50 if we win this game on Friday. Jeez, oh. If 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 we beat ninth place in the film, <laughs> we are 50-50 in the league title. <laughs> yeah. Because it's going to make be the start of... Uh, Get, get some momentum going for uh, our run. That's what I'm saying. David, you said 65%. I'm not taking anything off you. 
Oh, if we win this game, it's eighty nine percent. So. <laughs> right, score predictions then, David. A score prediction. Yeah, two 0 Fissel. Reese. I'm thinking along the same lines. I'm thinking two or three. Confident, Jamie. Two 0 Fissel. I will one 0 Fissel. Set piece. One 0 I really just want to see Scott Tiffany versus Effie Ambrose down the wing. That That is a mouth-watering prospect. I've we'll seen do. Scott <laughs> Tiffany um, turning Effie Ambrose into like a ball, <laughs> just tying all his arms and legs up. That's, that's what I want to see. We'll finish up, as we always do, with our Partridge Thistle section. Um, we probably should have done something Valentine's team, shouldn't we? But uh, we were talking on our last episode with Mary Black about starting rumours about celebrities supporting Thistle and because we're a, a Glasgow club and the size of the club, if you start a rumour, it'll basically stick. So I'm going to ask, who do you want to start a rumour about being a Jags fan? Which celebrity do you want to tag as a Jag? Reese. Um, I was actually, I was ha- having a proper think about it and I'm sure there was a rumour that uh, Robbie Williams Talk someday, like in a nightclub, that he was a party for some player or something like that. But um, there's something, there's a story behind that. Google it. Um, but I was thinking, I remember, like, I'm a fan of like rap music, so I don't know if uh, you guys will know th- th- this group, but there's a group called D Block Europe. Um, some of the listeners, I don't even know if any of the listeners know them, but they're quite a big group. And I was watching one of their videos before, and just by chance, one of them was wearing a Banton top. Jason Banton, right? <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a Thistle one, it was just like a Wiccan one or something like that. I'm like, the, the, the rapper's called LB, like Dirtbike LB, and his old name used to be Lil Bantz, and then a light bulb just popped in my head. I'm like, that's Jason Banton's brother. Jason Banton's brother is a famous rapper, mate, and I'm like, oh my God. So, he's a famous Thistle fan. <laughs> that's clutching the straws, isn't it? <laughs> okay, I'm on the podcast as well. Uh, Jamie, what about you? I don't even know if he likes football, but David Tennant's got to be a party festival fan in my head. So just it would be, you know, that'd be like the simulation complete. I've got some bad news for you, uh, Jamie. He's, he's he's really not a football fan. A family member used to go out with his, his sister, and uh, he does not like the football. So Matt Smith, on the other hand, you could get Matt Smith in, in a thistle shot, I'm sure, but. Not David Tennant. Well, if he doesn't like football, you'll fucking love Party of Thistle. Ah, there we go. <laughs> David, what about you? I I thought about this. I think conceivably any uh, a, any member of the cast or Taggart can be just counted as a Thistle fan. Like at this point, I think it's absolutely de- definitely that's one. The same as um, chewing the fat as well, because he used to record it for how. Um, Rab Christie, who does all of those Scottish comedies, he's the producer. He is a Thistle fan. He went to Mets and stuff like that. He's quite pally with people that we know as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say Tune the Fat are, are Thistle fans. But my, my, my main one was um, Mary Hill's own son, Andrew Robertson. Do you know that Andrew Robertson used to have a season ticket when he was a kid? I am Parkhead. No, 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 you had, had a season ticket for Hull. I didn't know that. No, well, that's because it's not true. But you see, see how easy it is to start. And he's, <laughs> is he, is he not? He's, he's a, a Celtic fan, isn't he? I've seen so he plays a bit Celtic all the time. That's not going to stick. That's his big team, though. That's his, oh, if he right. went to, 
if he had to, you know, and then, you know, sell it. But no, he's actually, Andy Robertson's a fistful fan. He's, um, I no, he definitely, Andy Robertson, I'm going to start this. And, and if I get one person in the Woody who tells me, do you know Andy Robertson used to have a season ticket at Fistful? He, he went and the, the kids go free um, at the Jags <laughs> when it started. You, you generally have, now you have started the rumour. Like, we're all saying I, take one. You've actually started the rumour that he actually was a Fistful fan. <laughs> I, I I do have a Patrick Fissel question for you though, if you want, just very quickly. I go for it. I, I'll give I'll give you my celebrity first because I know right. you can ask that. I, I would have David Mitchell because I think he's got that whole that vibe. Like if he turned up at Fur Hill on a normal day, he would he would fit in, especially in the Jackie Husband stand. He's got that vibe, and I think he could have got a game for us uh, under Caldwell with the whole kick it in our goal hole pattern. Um, so I'm going David Mitchell. Mark Corrigan in the in the JHS is <laughs> that's an episode I want, I want to want to see a peep show. Um, right, I'm changing so, mine then because David Tennant's not a football fan. Steve McFadden he plays Phil Mitchell in EastEnders. Imagine seeing <laughs> Phil Mitchell. Imagine seeing <laughs> Phil Mitchell in the John Lambie stand. That would be unbelievable. We've brought in the muscle um, to take uh, against the Airdrie fans next time we play Airdrie. <laughs> like Phil and Grant Mitchell are going to be at the John Lambert sort, sort them out I, I think we should get a flag with like Phil Mitchell on it and just stick it in the, the Lambie stand there's some like inexplicable flags already that nobody's like got an answer to so like a flag a red nail flag just with, like Phil Mitchell on it <laughs> I, I, I did that I did that at another club during the pandemic <laughs> obviously I, I run a Japanese wrestling podcast and we had a running joke there's a, a Japanese wrestler who loves Wigan, like the town of Wigan. Right, she's obsessed with the town of Wigan, right? But she's—I don't think she's ever been. But like a whole bunch of like wrestlers from Wigan went to Japan and trained them all. That. And we we started this rumor that she was a Wigan fan to the point where I got—you know those cardboard cutouts. Yeah, yeah. We paid like twenty-five quid to get a cardboard cutout of her in the DW for like all the games when it was all shot and there was just pictures in the Wigan thing of this this big Japanese wrestler sitting with her arms folded watching like Wigan VQPR and then the DW Right, what's, what's your partridge that's your question then David? What is the worst Valentine's Day you've ever had? I've got two that I can give you because uh, it was I mean, I'm, I'm not old enough for this thing uh, let me look at my Facebook memories. <laughs> so I, I I remember 2002. Um, I I asked at a lassie called uh, Jillian Miller, um, and she said no, and all her pals laughed at me, and it, like it literally just rejected me in front of her pals and just get laughed at the room, and that was that was quite bad. And that was my worst Valentine's Day until um 2020 when we get pumped at the cup by Rafe Rovers oh. and someone. Someone was sick in the bus and it smelled so bad they had to evacuate the bus. Jeez. Like, uh, yeah, not not great. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jelly and Miller, see if you're listening now. Look at them now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which Have you interviewed Mary Black Jillian? <laughs> no, no, you've no. Probably listening right now, mate. She probably tells our pals, I know that David Forrester does draw the drop. <laughs> I, I reject Did we get her on one week? <laughs> Did we not lose one 0 to Dundee a Paul McGowan last minute goal on Valentine's Day years ago? Probably. That sticks in my head. Paul McGowan that rings a bell. Yeah, likelihood of that people. is high, I would say. I can't bait people out on that. I can't like say the worst Valentine's Day. Don't want to drop names. 
As always, thanks for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw. We'll be back next week to look back on our game at Dunfermline and to look ahead to the trip to Kirkcaldy to face Wraith Rovers. In the meantime, stay safe. Thank you.